Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Cloisterbell podcast. Coming up, we're talking about episode 9 of series 11, It Takes You Away. Welcome to the Cloister Bell podcast. I'm Liam. And I'm Rob. And today we'll be looking at the recent episode, It Takes You Away. But before we get into that, uh, if you can like, share, subscribe and get in contact, that would be great. You can find us on our own website, which is cloisterbell.co.uk. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cloisterbell. You can find us on Twitter at podcastbell. And we're also on Instagram now, cloister underscore bell. And the actual podcast you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud. Great. So, hello, everyone. Um, and so, Liam, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is your Christmas tree up yet? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, a little bit earlier than... Not in November, uh, was it? Put it up. No, 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 no. Not that, not that insane. It was uh, that, That's too early. As long as it's in December, I think it's fine. Is your Christmas tree up? No, not yet. I think the hot, the oh, hardest okay. part's going to be clearing a space, finding a space for the tree to go. Mm-hmm. Once I've got that done, <laughs> I get the tree up. All right. No, I, uh, I've got a friend of mine who who's got a dog. Uh, she's had it for about a year, so she's just put her Christmas tree up. Um, but it's the first time that they put it up since they've got the dog, and she's being quite apprehensive about how much decoration she's going to put on it. Right. Okay. Because at the minute the, t- the the tree's up, so it just looks like a tree in the corner. But what she was saying is just thinking of putting lights on because anything else like baubles, the dog might go a bit mad and effectively destroy the tree in excitement. Mm, maybe. Because I've got a Labrador and he's a bit mm. crazy, but he's never touched the tree before. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I'd be more worried about the kids pulling it over, but they never have. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been up to anything? Not much, really. Um, although, uh, sort of the biggest thing is because the, the second Kate Bush remastered box set came out. Mm. So... I've been go. Uh, I've been going through the K. Bush albums, basically the same as I was last week, but just going more into them. It's been really nice listening to them. The, the remastering's excellent. Um, she did an album in two thousand eleven called Director's Cut, which I was never particularly keen on, but listening to it now, um, not just because it, it's been slightly remastered, but just in general, that's been a nice surprise. And it's actually a much better album than I remembered it. Um, so, so it was like listening to the album anew. But that's sort of like the, the main thing. How about you? Um, no, not much. Um, Doctor Who wise, I listened to an episode of the Doom Coalition. It worked. Oh, right, um, okay. I'm still in the first box set, but I've got all four of them there to get through. Mm-hmm. But I'll not, I'll not spoil that for you. Yeah, yeah, because uh, at some point I want to, I would like to get to those. But uh, Doctor Who wise, one thing I have, I have done is I've gone back to the season twelve Blu-ray box set. Mm-hmm. So uh, I rewatched Robot, and I've um, uh, I just finished watching The Ark in Space yesterday, uh, which is Monday at the time of recording, um, and that's that's been quite nice. And just going through the special, uh, some more of the special features. Uh, I've got to say, I'm really looking forward to the season twenty box set, which is coming out soon. There's there's a trailer that's just been recently dropped, and the remastering looks superb. Mm. 
and there's been some glimpses of uh, the CGI updates that they've done for Castrovalva. That looks excellent. How do you th- so I'm looking forward- How do you think the picture quality compares with the DVDs? Is the colour really vivid, or is it quite faithful to what it should be? I think well for the the film f- uh, footages when you're looking at what was uh, shot on film, that looks a heck of a lot better than what was on the DVD, and I think that's you know I think that's what you would expect in terms of the stuff that was shot in film, mainly the studio things, it does look a bit brighter, I think, uh, and it does look a bit clearer, but I think that's two things. I think the technology for remastering has has slightly improved since the DVDs originally came out. But the other thing as well is they don't have to compress uh, the image. That's true. Because, yeah. yeah, so on the DVD, even though they're remastered, they did have to compress them a bit. So what the remastering team saw at their end was different to what the we the punters saw mm-hmm. so already there's improvement just because it's it's been put on a blu-ray disc but there is for me there is a, there is a noticeable improvement so from that point of view it, it, if you're able to get the box sets it's worth getting plus there's also the new special features on top of it there's a lot of love and ca- i mean there's always been love and care when the dvd range came out but this this is it's it's been really nice to see um because i think there was initial concern that it was it was just one maybe one more attempt of trying to flog a dead horse but actually with the amount of work that's gone in to the season 12 box set and what looks like the hard work that's gone into the next one that's coming out um uh, season 19 they are worth getting by the looks of so it worth checking out and it's probably good good value for money compared to the dvds isn't it if you're paying what 40 quid and that you'd generally pay a tenner for a dvd wouldn't you give or take yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're paying that much for an entire season, yeah, it's and then with all the special features on top, it is you are getting good value for money. Keeping in mind as well for anyone because when you pre-order them, I think roughly the price has always been about fifty pounds or something, but the price always drops to thirty odd pounds. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then it's just been announced that the next box set is season eighteen, Tom Baker's last one, and that's currently scheduled for a February release. That's cool and that goes right alongside Peter Davison's box set. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of interesting the um, the order that they're putting, putting them out in. I'm wondering what... I've, I'm just trying to think sort of if I have a preference for for any other season. Because mm. you know, I think the plan is obviously to release every single season on, on, on a Blu-ray box set. But it'd be quite nice to see. I'm quite interested to see the order that they choose. Yeah. It's obviously quite a commercial decision. They'll be picking which one's possibly going to be more popular on the market. Mm-hmm. But that means are they going to yeah. leave the worst to last? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting because I think that if if they were to do that, then there might be a drop off in sales. Whereas if they sort of yeah, because obviously they picked season twelve because Tom Baker's the most recognised of the classic Doctors, so there was this commercial appeal there. And then you got Peter Davison um, and his first season, which is is regarded quite well. Um, and it's you know it's got Earthshock in uh, for one thing, which is a superb story. And then they've gone back to the Tom Baker era. I think that one. So I think it. I think we're in a stage now, even though it's quite early on. This the release is kind of established. So. It'd be, I don't know. It'd be quite interesting to see whether they, you know, they follow 
a solid season with a, a mediocre one followed by another solid yeah. one. Maybe they'll jump around the eras a bit, maybe do something a bit more modern, maybe um, a McCoy season soon. Funny enough, that, that was, that's what I was thinking. I would quite like to see 25 or 26 come yeah. out. Because even if they went back, even if they brought like a Pertby one out, it's still kind of a similar era to season 12, isn't it? Well, in the sense it's in the mm. 70s, but I mean, if, if they did a John Pertwee one, preference would either be season 7 or season 10. Mm-hmm. Was... I think probably season 10, because uh, I think that's one of the best of Classic Who. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe um, I'd like to see McCoy's last season. Yeah, I think so as well, because... Uh, I mean, every story is pretty darn good. Um, Battlefield may not be as strong as the others, but I still like Battlefield. I think that's a cracking good story. But you've got Ghostlight, which is one of my all-time favourites. It's so atmospheric. Um, I like that one a lot. Yeah, that'll be good on Blu-ray because mm. it gives you Blu-ray gives you a lot more contrast, doesn't it, between light and dark colours? So that's a noticeable difference between DVD and yeah, DVD yeah, that... and Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the penultimate episode of Doctor Who mm-hmm. series 11 it takes you away mm-hmm. yep um, so what did you think I thought it was a very good episode um, there were some nice surprises um, thrown in um, it started off as I think quite a, an atmospheric d- uh, drama which could be likened to I think you know c- c- certain modern horror uh, TV series and movies with the, with the setting. Yeah, I think it started off with a lot of promise, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Of perhaps being a like a horror set in a cabin in the woods, almost. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. It was. Uh, it did have a strong hint of of horror. And it felt and isolated, yeah. And then towards the end, I think the I think the transition into this direction was handled quite well. But then towards the end, it, it basically became quite a a mad, <laughs> bizarre surreal science fiction mm-hmm. thing and I suppose in that sense um, I mean th- there's the movie The Cabin in the Woods which sort of I mean I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but it, it sort of begins with that you know it, it starts off with a sort of this is going to be a straightforward horror movie set in a, you know, an isolated wood you've got the cabin and everything and then it takes this sort of like this bizarre <laughs> um it goes down this really strange route which takes you by surprise towards the end so it takes you away sort of follows that um yeah so it felt felt bizarre but it kind of worked didn't it mm-hmm. and i think with with this episode it, it was really well balanced because you had a lot like the other episodes you had a lot of um character interaction character development mm-hmm. but 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 there was a there was a lot of science fiction towards the end as well, and of the current series, this is definitely the most science fictiony. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With some very strong, bold ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? Well, like I said, I was I was quite uh, happy that I thought it was going to be an Earthbound episode, bit of a horror, mm-hmm. but it didn't turn out that way. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and I like that first scene with the sheep. What was it, the sheep uprising or something? Yeah, that that, that was funny, and that that did uh, that did that did bring a smile. But I was I was wondering whether is that the jo- the doctor just having a laugh, or <laughs> or is that something to look forward to in a future adventure? Or 
I, I thought that was that was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and it, it broke the ice a bit because you know you, you had this setting, this sense of mystery, this bizarre joke coming in about the sheep, and which is like, oh okay, uh, it's, that's kind of interesting. And I suppose in some respects that set up that's sort of like a microcosm of the entire episode. Yeah. So you got this this sense of mystery building up, this bizarre thing to do with the sheep. And that's sort of like the entire episode because you've got this strange mystery, this sense of atmosphere, and this strange thing with a frog at the end. Yeah, and obviously there's um, they think there's this creature in the woods or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan was quick to dismiss it, wasn't he? With the girl. Yes, it it was, and that that was that was, uh, that was interesting because obviously, uh, well, not well in. From from the other episodes, we see that you know he has issues with his father, yeah. and that was really coming to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has he has trust issues there, um, and the relationship. Be- so, so the relationship between him and um, Hane, I think her name yeah. is. Obviously, that that got off to a, a bad start because he was drawing a comparison to himself, wasn't he, at first? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't sound well because you know we we draw from our own experiences. Mm-hmm. So his his natural instinct is from his own experiences with his own father, which haven't been particularly good because you know he was abandoned, mm-hmm. and so I, I mean in some respects the way that the the story progresses, he he's sort of true. He's sort of right, rather uh, in some respects, with the way that the. Um, the way that Eric, the father, behaves, mm, because strange. he has effectively, yeah, he has effectively abandoned his daughter. Mm. Yeah, that was a strange one. So I was a bit unsure if he was um, kind of under the influence of this place a little bit, or had he made a conscious decision to go to go to his wife and leave his daughter. Bit of a strange one. Yeah, the way that I read it was, I think it was a conscious dis- conscious. Sh- can't say the word now. Uh, conscious, uh, forget it. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say. Uh, decision on his part. Um, I think this is an episode that deals with loss. Mm. It goes through this mad science fiction filter. Mm. But um, Hannah, Hannah has lost her mother and becomes very close to losing her father because of his inability to deal with the loss of his mm. wife. Um, you've got Ryan, who is still dealing with the abandonment of his father and also the death of his grandmother and you've and then you've got um graham who deals with the loss of uh, his wife yeah who's also ryan's uh, grandmother and then you've got the doctor at the end she's having to deal with her type of loss yeah. which is um the loss of trying to find something out and the loss of a friend that yeah. she makes at the end and you've also got the solid tract dealing with the loss of the universe <laughs> yes yeah so this was yeah so this was an episode of loss and how and how how people how people deal with it uh, in different ways so you have eric who simply can't deal with it so he um to the point where he ends up abandoning his his daughter and and, and can't see Yes, he's lost his lost his wife, but life must still go on, and there's still important things, and there's still an important connection yeah. there. But he's unable to deal with it. Um, yeah, of course, because he loved his wife, and it's. I know they say that like love is blind, but it's ironic that his blind daughter could see the truth instantly, couldn't she? 
Yes, yeah, and I thought that was really, I thought that was excellently handled and very well written. Um, so Eric was just looking at the surface of things. Or this is the thing that looks like my wife and therefore must mm. be. With that in mind, I th- it, it was really nice to see Sharon D. Clark come back playing Grace. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we saw her in the very first episode and there was a brief cameo in Arachnids in the UK, I think mm. it was. And she comes back. And I remember when we talked about the first episode, we both praised her acting because, you know, she played the part of Grace really, really mm-hmm. well. And here we see, f- we see further um, development because it, if you look at her performance of Grace, it wasn't a carbon copy. No. You know, you, she's playing something that looks like Grace. She plays. There's a coldness there, mm. and there's a disconnect. Um, so that that was a really nice touch with with the actor, yeah. because if if you watch how how Grace actually was in the, uh, in the first episode, you know she's this very loving, warm selfless, person. yeah, yeah. Whereas here, because it isn't Grace, there's a coldness there. There's a um, she's quite selfish. Yeah. So. And I think that was something. Obviously, it was there in the writing and the story, but I think that was something that came out more in her performance, mm. which which was yeah. nice. So it was a tough situation for um, Graham to be in, wasn't it? Obviously, <laughs> and it's probably a, go- yeah, a yeah. good like philosophical talking point. This, but um, if a person's being emulated, even like their personality and their consciousness, um, mm-hmm. you could you could argue, does this make them real enough? Like you know, if you were none the wiser then what's the difference to the real world yeah which in terms of in terms of doctor who is it, the way that this story deals with it is completely opposite to peter capaldi's last story twice upon a time yeah um because the way that that story looked at it was and i'm slightly misquoting the five doctors here but you know a, a person is the sum of their memories the memories are the memories of everything mm. So if you've got the memories of somebody, then they are that person. Yeah. Whereas this was, this was a sentient being that had their own understanding. Yeah. And ve- very quickly, the, the cracks were starting to show, weren't they? You could tell. Yeah. Uh-huh. They were wanting them to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, the question of what makes a person real is a, a bit too deep for this podcast, possibly. Yeah, it could it could get quite existential, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean it was a, it's a good uh, it's a good philosophical thing for something like Doctor Who to to look at and and put it through this this mad entertaining science fiction filter. I thought it was really good. Um, so you've got all that. You've got this sense of of trust in relation to that. And what what Hannah's father does is. Um, you know, he does something which he thinks he's doing right by his daughter in order for him to do the selfish act. But the one person that she should trust without question um, has forced this situation on her where she feels that she cannot leave the house. Mm-hmm. And that was that, that, that was something that was quite... Um, built on the the horror element of it in the early episode uh, in the early half of the episode where um you know the sense of the one person that you can trust has betrayed you completely mm-hmm. yeah i found it a hard one to interpret because me as a dad i didn't relate to that yeah because obviously you're, you know you're a good father um 
but unfortunately <laughs> there's some people out there whose parenting uh, skills uh, leave a lot to be desired um, and, and that's the thing it's sort of I mean you could understand where Eric was coming from and as was explained you know he ha- even his daughter understands that since you know you've lost um, since you've lost your wife since you've lost my mother you haven't been well mm. and everything's fine at the end in the sense that you know he's able to actually deal with deal with the grief better and actually understand that yes it, it was a sad loss but life still goes on and I've got my daughter and she's very important and let's get on with life so that decision to move back to Oslo um, so the, so yeah that, that sense of loss and that ability to deal with it was you know was the main theme of the episode yeah and how to move forward yeah mm-hmm. with some nice um horror tropes thrown in i thought the the flesh-eating moths was uh, was a nice yeah they finally the, got to me you, you've had the spiders now i've had the moths oh yes yeah 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 because when we're reviewing the uh, records in the uk or no just before that uh yeah we we're talking about our phobias and yeah because you, you did mention moths. yeah <laughs> did, did you deal with it all right i, I thought it was a bit creepy yeah it is. Mm. i was fine with the spiders though Mm-hmm. So should we move on to the talking frog now? Why not? So the it's the talking frog was it too much for us to handle? Hmm. It's it's interesting. That anything regarding Grace at this stage, you just expect mm-hmm. it to have. It, we expect it to be quite emotional. You know, carry a lot of resonance. Um. Mm-hmm. But the talking frog, with Grace's boy, with Grace's voice, um, was a bit distracting with the weird lip sync. Yeah, I think obviously this is a ma- massive discussion point. If you go on you know, various websites where they've been reviewing it, and also on Twitter where uh, viewers have been commenting on it, it's been one of those things where people loved it, yeah. or people were just, "What the heck was that? That's just <laughs> insane." I I really I liked, liked it. it because, whether or, whether or yeah, not the execution was bad, it did feel like a nice touch. You know, like now, Grace is partially the embodiment of this entire universe. Yeah, the, although the way that I the way that I read that was it wasn't that Grace has become an embodiment no. of that universe. The way that I read it was that that universe, that sentient universe, um, was aware of Grace and quite liked yeah. her, and so wanted so felt comfortable having some sort of representation yeah. of Grace and her likes and quite like this frog. Yeah. I agree with you. The execution was a bit odd. The animatronic it looked it looked fake i haven't got a problem with the with slightly dodgy special effects because at the end of the day it's it's story it's uh, it's the acting on the whole but i think the reason why something like this stands out all the more is because when you look at the production values of of the series in general but certainly this episode it, everything looked so good mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't it wasn't a, the frog wasn't a complete disaster, no. but compared to everything else, it was a little bit rogue. Yeah. But I but I liked the idea. Mm-hmm. And the and the doctor's reaction to it. Um, so do you think this episode will go down in history as the one with the frog? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, without without a doubt. So Graham packed these sandwiches this week, and yes, every this other is week a sensible probably. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing, because I think we, one thing that we have said, 
is that at some point, I think it's obvious with the way that the series will progress, that Ryan will refer to Graham as Grandad. Mm-hmm. And that eventually happened yeah. in this episode. When it came round, it wasn't a surprise because I think there was a sense that it was it was going in that direction anyway. But it did feel like a massive yeah. payoff. It did. I'm but surprised it, really... it didn't happen sooner. In in real life, I'm guessing it, it might have. You know, since they're traveling a lot, building a closer mm-hmm. connection. But in the sense of the narrative, I guess it did ha- It did have to happen in the eleventh hour of the series. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, th- I think it was. I think it was handled quite well, and it was. It was satisfying. It was. It was a payoff, but the way that it was written and the way that it was performed, it felt quite natural. Mm-hmm. So the doctors had seven grandmothers. Yeah, and no. one of them was possibly a Zygon. Well, I don't know whether <laughs> I think that could be taken in two ways. Either the the numbers she was allocating to the the grandmothers was was literal that she literally had seven grandmothers, or or like how we refer to the first, second, third, seventh, thirteenth doctor, or whatever. Ah, okay. Uh, I was wondering if that was a thing, so she was just referring to the regenerations yeah. of the grandmother. Yeah. I suppose it, it's down to your personal taste how you yeah. take that. Some people could go, ah, oh, oh, much like the idea that the Time Lords have multiple grandmothers, yeah. or or she was going through the regenerations of the second, the second, the second regeneration uh, was either just you know barking mad or was actually as like on spy and then later regenerated. So no longer wasn't yeah. there's a lot of ambiguity about um gallifreyans being born though isn't there whether or not they're born of a parent or is is it in the um the new adventures it goes on about uh, yeah about the looms yeah i mean i think the looms are a nice idea but it's one of my personal preference is they have normal families in the way that we understand mm-hmm. them so I, it's just down to personal preference, um, but I'm much like the so with the first Doctor and Susan's his granddaughter. I much like the idea that she is literally his granddaughter, mm. and that you know the, there is this family. And then when Patrick Troughton and Sylvester McCoy refer to having an uncle, mm. there was this uncle. You know, I, it's just a personal preference, but I quite that that's just my preference. That's the way that I like to see yeah. it. I guess it's something that doesn't need to be explored necessarily. No, no, I think it's it's one of those things where you can have these. So, for example, in the way that it's done in this episode, where the, the Doctor is, um, you know, referring to seven grandmothers, you can take that literally. It does, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't add or subtract anything. You can just take it literally, you know, whatever, or you can go where I was thinking which was that she's referring to the different regenerations of the same person one thing I did quite like because uh, uh, Ribbons was a, was an interesting character and I, uh, the way that he was introduced was you know he was quite a creepy character mm-hmm. um, there's a horror there's a horror movie I'm trying to remember the name of you may uh, I think it's a group of I think it's a group of female um Potholers, and they go they go down to a cave, okay. and in and in the cave there's a there's a lot of monsters. Oh, it it's when did it come out? I've got two thousand and seven in my head oh. or something. 
Hang on, wait a second. Bear with me, Google to the rescue. Oh, sorry, you know, it came out in 2005 and it was called The Descent. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, um, Ribbons doesn't actually look like the monsters in that movie. Just It was just the fact it was in a cave and the way that it was lit and the the initial shot of him, it just it just brought that to mind. So, so that was another horror touch. And not many people may know this because the, the way that he's performed and he's under all that makeup, but uh, Ribbons was played by uh, Kevin Eldon, uh, who's mainly known for playing comedy. And I've loved his work for years. He's appeared in, he's appeared in all sorts. He's worked with uh, Stuart Lee, um, Richard Herring. I think uh, he was in Big Train, which is a which was a really great um, ske- uh, comedy sketch show. So to to have Kevin Eldon appear in Doctor Who was it was a nice treat. Um, and given the fact that he was covered in all that makeup, he could easily come back into the series either playing something of the same race or. Uh, you know, someone completely different. Mm-hmm. I would, I would like to see because I, I quite liked his work, and I haven't been aware of of anything recently. So I would like to see Kevin Eldon come back. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool part of the episode. Oh, and using the string to backtrack—that reminded me of Castrovalva. It was a bit odd how, when the string was cut, she wasn't aware of it, and then later on when. Um, Hannah goes into the caves, it's still taut. Mm, yeah. Maybe it was just kind of snagged on something. Who knows? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, don't worry, I mean, something like that's not going to ruin my enjoyment of the episode. <laughs> but I didn't like the episode because the string was wrong, <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> so, uh, the episode was written by a chap called Ed Heim. Um, so I did a quick... I did a quick internet search on according to IMDB apart from this he's only written two episodes of Skins which I was surprised at I thought because watching this episode I thought this was from someone who really understands uh, the genre and is clearly a very very good writer so considering that I mean it may may actually be that he has written more episodes it's just um, I haven't come across them but if this is only the third uh, television thing that he's written he's clearly a very very talented writer and I hope he goes on to do great things and in terms of um, in terms of Doctor Who I think he's another writer who who definitely deserves to come back because um, what I mean I thought the the episode was uh, was very well written very imaginative and that doesn't harm for the show so I'd like to see him come back and it was directed by Jamie Childs um, who has so in terms of this series he will have directed a, a total of four episodes because he directed The Woman Who Fell to Earth Demons of the Punjab uh, this one it takes you away and he'll be directing the next episode which is the last one of the current series mm. um, he's he's done a, a whole array of other stuff as well but just in terms of directing Doctor Who and those episodes clearly he's he's got a very good eye and it is a very solid uh, very very good director so once again he's someone that I'd like to see come back mm-hmm. so he's directing the next week's one um, there's um, promotional shots from the New Year's Day episode and I was disappointed mm-hmm. by those to see Yaz, Graham and Ryan in them it's a bit of a spoiler that's true because I think I've forgotten which podcast it was but we were talking about um, 
you know, the, 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 there is one thing that the series has done quite, that this current series has done quite well has been the bringing the sense of danger um, back into the series in the sense that the, the regulars could die at any moment. But I don't think it was, I don't know whether it was, I don't know what, I don't think it was a realistic prospect mm. that they would be killed off or I don't know whether that was the case or that was me hoping that they wouldn't because I really, really like this uh, this set of uh, characters and the actors performing them. Mm. So I know what you mean. Uh, in that sense, it's it's disappointing that we... That we, we know they'll be safe. Yeah, yeah. But um, the story itself, we, we don't know much about. So there'll always... The, the, there'll be that surprise but I know what you mean but in this but I'm I never really occurred I think I'm just relieved that they are coming back yeah and the talking of the trailer there was a really intriguing bit where we see the doctor reacting to something that she's heard and going I know that yes from the full length trailer yeah I picked up on that yesterday Mm. yeah so it'd be interesting to see what was said and who that voice belongs to I don't Given the way that the series has progressed and what what is what has been said about it in general, I'd be very very surprised if it's uh, a villain from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some respects, I, I don't know. It, it depends on how it would be handled. But I'd be quite disappointed if it is. Um, so with that, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who who it is. Uh, well, obviously. I mean, um, it'd be interesting to see who it is, if it is someone from this current series. It could be anyone, couldn't it? There's a long yeah, list. Yeah, I mean, there is, but does anyone immediately spring to mind for you? Not really. Hmm. I, I can't think of anyone that would have the motives to come back. Well, that's not true, but anyone who would kind of suit a, a season finale, like a final episode, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to anticipate what's going to happen, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's true because they have they have um, those involved in the making of it in the BBC in general have held the uh, the cards quite close to the chest. But that's a good thing. I, I don't want to be swelled. I want to, you know, just wallow in the good uh, in a really good story and and come to it completely afresh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. The the one person that immediately springs to mind is and. Oh, frustratingly, I've forgotten the character's name, but it was the villain in Rosa in the Rosa episode. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so either be him, or if not, I mean, we could be completely. I could be completely wrong. But if it's not him, then maybe uh, Tim Shaw. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Or or one of his or one of his. Or runs. it doesn't necessarily have to be a villain. No, that's true. Oh, well, not long until we get some answers. Yeah. But looking forward to it. Yeah. So I, I like this week's episode. It had all yeah. the mystery, um, and it was engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, had a bit of humour in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started off with being, it started off with a bit of promise, didn't it? Of being a bit of a horror. Um, mm-hmm. But it was good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think. Um... I think it was a it was a it was a good story yeah. overall. It was a bit it, of a mixed bag of frogs, but I did like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked it as well. I think um, I do. I do think it would be one of those episodes which will divide opinion. 
um, because because it is a it is an episode of two halves with the direction that it takes, and either people will like that or love it. Um, and and the bizarreness of it certainly at the end may put some people off, and I, I can get that. It's it's it, it, it's going to be one of those which divides opinion. But me personally, I think like you, really really liked it. it it's a lot. It, lot it gives some, you a lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, a lot of atmosphere, and as you say, it was it was balanced really well. There, there was some really funny moments in there, and it it worked in terms of the episode itself. But the way that the characters have related, it was it was it was a payoff. With Ryan referring to uh, Graham as uh, as granddad, so that was quite mm. nice. It'll certainly be an episode that people remember, yeah. regardless of whether they like it or mm. not. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check out next week's podcast over at cloisterbell.co.uk.